God told me this movie will write itself Spread love, be wise and let foolery fight itself Cause it's a war going on outside On the corner, it's a war On your TV screen every morning Not the war with the bombs and the helicopters swarming But the war for your soul That's what everyone's ignoring It's a war going on Yeah, it's a war going on Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is July 14th, 2021. Today's uh, is going to be episode 69. It's going to be called The Empire Strikes Back. Now it's our turn. Hope you're all having a... Hope you all had a great Tuesday. Hope you're having an even better Wednesday. I know on Saturday, I worked on Saturday, and it was, like, super hot. It was about 110,000 degrees outside, and all I could do was sit in my work car and suffer. Me and my coworker were sitting there suffering. Uh, it was pretty awful. Uh, you know, I hate I hate the hot weather, and if you're somebody who likes the, the summer, the hot weather, this is what you get. I'm, I'm, I hope you melt. I hope you melt it on, especially on Saturday. But uh, today, uh, actually yesterday on Tuesday, the weather was actually really, really nice. I think it only got about it only got up to about 86 degrees, so that was actually really, really nice. I really enjoyed that, and the wind was blowing a lot, and I felt like we deserved it. Because I'm talking about Sacramento. If you live in Sacramento, uh, I felt like we deserved it. We deserved that good weather after dealing with like 111 on Saturday. It was awful. So. Let's go ahead and get into our news and stuff here. Okay, so I want you all to know, you probably already know, like, we're in a war here, okay? This war is not, it was never going to be fought like a conventional war, okay? This is an information war. You know, you're seeing war with the medical, the vaccines and things like that, how they're going to start to try to force people to get vaccines, you're seeing the economic war with the economic system to see what system that we're going to go into next. You already had um, high, uh, people like Klaus Schwab and a lot of elites saying that they wanted a system like China, the social credit system where they can manage your money for you and control the flow of your money and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I want you to know we are in we are in a war. And for anyone who doesn't believe that. I'm going to show you some things that some countries are doing, and it's going to come to America soon. Some things that are happening around the world, it's going to come to America soon, and all this stuff is going to come to a head, okay? And the reason is that is because the enemy knows that they're in trouble, okay? Their economic system is imploding, and people are noticing it because of the increase in price of so many things. So if you look at Cuba, they're actually experiencing inflation, and it's hurting people. Okay, so other countries are soon going to experience this and the enemy is now panicking and they're actually going to show their true agenda, which they actually are now because they know that their time is running out. So the time is running out for the enemy. And so they're about to try to throw a haymaker at us. Okay, we're they're about to throw a haymaker at us. You, you got to get ready for this. Okay, so the enemy is panicking and Joe Biden he flew off to Pennsylvania to convince people that there's no such thing as election fraud. And the people actually know better than this. Okay, People are awake and the enemy is now putting everything in place for false flags. Okay, they, They're now moving uh, authorities into Florida and California. I told you about the Capitol Police that Nancy Pelosi, they're opening um, new branches over there. And they're going to try to monitor things that you say and make sure you're not saying anything that's bad about the congress or the federal government i'm going to say here and now 
that I think that the government is going to start crossing, or they've already crossed many lines, but I think that they're going to start crossing the line. You're going. I think that in our day-to-day lives, you're going to start to see the, these things as you walk and drive down the street. That's just my opinion. I think it's going to become. I think it's going to come very, very close to home, right? Because I think the truth is about to come out, and the elite need to control the narrative. And they're going to try everything and anything, but they're going to fail. I think they're going to fail. Okay. Uh, the Patriots know the playbook and countermeasures are in place for these things. So let's go ahead and get into our news here, starting with the economy. So I have an article here from thegatewaypunter.com. They're saying, quote, this is beginning to look a little bit like a Latin American country, unquote. Inflation at its highest level since 1991, right? So the rate of inflation is uh, rising in the United States at rates we haven't seen in a long time, since before even I was born. Okay, I was born in 1996. And the government is spending off the charts. It's ridiculous. And they're still going to spend more and more and more and print this money. Now, Desmond Lockman, who is an economist and a senior fellow with the American Enterprise Institute, the AEI, the United States is beginning to resemble a Latin American country given its inflation, he said, and government spending and the printing of money. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS, reported this morning that the CPI, which is the Consumer Pricing Index, has increased in large part due to increasing energy costs. And the thegatewaypunnet.com has charts of this and everything. You can go ahead and take a look at that. They have a 12-month percentage change, which is the CPI selected categories, June 2021, and it's not seasonally adjusted. You can go ahead and take a look at that if you want. And so Disclose TV puts this out on Telegram. Uh, they say that... Just in, inflation climbs for the third straight month. United States consumer prices rose 5.4% in June from a year ago, again, higher than expected. And so when, when let's take a look at Cuba, okay? So we know that in Cuba, people are protesting uh, communism. They're tired of this fascist regime running their government, right? And so we're seeing from Reuters.com that roaring inflation is actually compounding with Cuba's economic woes. So Cubans woke up all last year wondering where they could find basic goods such as things like milk, pork, rice, beans, medicine, shampoo. And these days they are asking themselves things like, if I do, how much is it going to cost me to get these things, right? And so amid the widespread shortages, the near-bankrupt import-dependent country, because it's an island, has it's actually increased sales of goods in convertible currencies like the dollar over the last year, even even as it stopped exchanging pesos for those currencies. Now, this has forced many Cubans to acquire convertible currencies on the black market, where they have surged to as much as threefold the official rate since the government sharply devalued the peso in January. Now, alternatively, Cubans must purchase the products at even higher peso prices from resellers, said the Cuban economist Omar Evern, Evern, Evernilly. And so many goods are simply no longer sold in peso shops, despite billions more pesos now being in circulation. Now, the result of dollarization, scarcity, and devaluation is this. So prices have skyrocketed, and inflation will likely come in at a minimum of 500% and as much as 900% this year. 
according to Pavel Vidal, who is a former Cuban central bank economist who teaches at Columbia's Pontificia University. Now, uh, he says that every day becomes more, much more difficult because the prices of everything continues to rise. All right, so moving on, we're seeing from ZeroHedge.com that the Financial Times is actually arguing in favor of a central bank planning the economy. Now, the Financial Times says this, one of the headlines, it says, for sustainable finance to work, we will need central planning. And this is where central bank digital currencies come in. This is their big plan here, okay? This is why they push off against Bitcoin and things like that. They say, oh, only criminals will use Bitcoin and that's for criminals and you should rely on the central bank fiat currency because it's used less by criminals and things like that. And so the central bank digital currencies are their new system where, the, where they will be able to monitor and control the flow of your money, right? Because we're actually seeing there's an article from CNN that says that Greece and France join Italy in making COVID-19 shots mandatory for healthcare workers, telling the unvaccinated that they will not get paid. How about that? It's crazy, right? They're striking back at us. This is this is how they're doing it. And we also know that China struck back at Bitcoin, right? Because the, the Epic Times is telling us that the IMF's message to the world is saying that we are all China now. So the CCP's decision to ban Bitcoin should have uh, surprised absolutely nobody, okay? You shouldn't even be surprised by that, okay? As a decentralized digital asset, Bitcoin was actually a threat to Beijing's own digital currency, the ECNY. And so Bitcoin is actually much more than a digital a asset, okay? It's really kind of like a, you can call it kind of a, a movement. It's not just a fad, but it's a movement, right? It's a challenge to the status quo, the central bank digital currency, what we all, uh, see, not the central bank digital currency, but the fiat money that we've all used, the Federal Reserve notes, right? It is a digital decentralized protest, right? And so this is where our war on the monetary front comes in here, okay? Anyone who's familiar with Chinese history knows that the CCP replies to protests rapidly and violently i think i'm pretty sure i've given you a lot of that history and things like that on the ccp uh, i think it's my first episode called nazi china where i talk about it uh but i never talked about i don't think i ever talked about tiananmen square uh, i think i might talk about that one day but the imf uh, and the world bank released a rather worrying paper okay uh the two organizations outlined the many cross-border benefits of adopting these central bank digital currencies uh, uh, that the otherwise called CBDCs. Now, the authors of this uh, paper actually argued that an international adoption of CBDCs would result in unforeseen levels of global development. Right? You mean, I mean, what they really mean is like global management and global coercion, right? And global paternalism. Now, when it comes out. Excuse me, when it comes to the rollout of CBDCs around the world, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when, okay? Because it's going to happen. Remember, the elites got up there and said, we need a, we want a system like China's, which is just without all the socialism, right? And so, besides China, uh, Sweden and the Bahamas are already testing their own digital currencies. Now, the IMF's message to the world is essentially that we are all China now. Because what you notice is that 
after the, in the 1970s, about 1976, when President Nixon went to China to pretty much open up China and establish trade and things like that, we what we expected was for China to become more like the United States, but what had happened was actually the opposite. Okay, the United States actually started to become more like China, and I blame Richard Nixon for going and negotiating with a communist country anyway. Whatever happened to the United States saying we don't uh, negotiate with terrorists? Okay, because the CCP took over in 1949, I believe, around then. And Nixon is negotiating with them about 27 years later. How about that? It's ridiculous. So let's take a look at big tech a little bit. So we're seeing from CNBC.com that Google has actually got hit with a record $593 million fine in France in a news copyright battle. So France's competition authority fined Google $500 million for failing to negotiate in good faith, they call it in good faith, licensing deals with publishers and news agencies. Now, Google was actually ordered to present an offer of remuneration, excuse me, remuneration, sorry about that, remuneration to publishers with uh, within two months or risk facing fine, fines of up to up to 900,000 euros per day. Now, it's the largest fine ever imposed by France, France's competition watchdog for a company failing to adhere to one of its rulings. So a gentleman by the name of Not Kenny Rogers on Twitter, he tweeted this out. He said, here's a, a quick look at ratings for the ESPY Awards since ESPN went full woke. So 2015, they had 7.7 million. In 2016, the next year, they had 5.6 million. It just dropped off by about 2.1 million there. And uh, in 2017, it was down to 5.3 million. And also, in 2018, it uh, fell to 3.9. 2019 fell to 3.8. And in 2021, this year, it fell to 1.1 million. Wow. So there's only about a million people watching the ESPY Awards. So if you want to get an idea of how many people are actually watching their their programs and things like that think of the population of san francisco county being the only ones on planet earth who even watch the sps that's it just san francisco county all right so moving on so um there's a person by the name of peter schweitzer he's the president of the government accountability institute the gai i'll probably call it the guy um he said that the Secret Service records validate the authenticity of Hunter Biden's emails. Uh, the laptop's content actually is actually confirming that Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary of his son's corrupt deals, deals with like China and Ukraine and other countries around the world, right? So they actually confirmed what months of evidence had established as it was, it was obvious, okay? Joe Biden uses influence to enrich his family, and he was a direct beneficiary of those foreign cash grabs, right? And so, Swashinser explained this. He said, quote, We do have a copy, by the way, here at GAI of the laptop and all the files. It confirms that Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary, unquote. Who do you think gave him the laptop files? Do you think that it was Rudy Giuliani? Do you think that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani gave this man the laptop files? What do you think? You think Rudy Giuliani was just sitting on these laptop files and didn't make a copy of them for himself? You think that Rudy Giuliani was going to sit on this information and not do anything about it? Rudy Giuliani is leaking this stuff out one day at a time, just like Andrew Breitbart told us in the book Righteous Indignation. If you have not read the book Righteous Indignation by Andrew Breitbart, you got to read that book, okay? Because that book has 
told us how to defeat the left and how to defeat these radicals. It told us how to defeat them, right? And he gave examples of them doing it and everything. Sometimes he failed, sometimes he won. But he, he showed us how to do this, right? And I've kind of been doing the same thing with you all because I have been giving you information one piece at a time, more and more and more. And you're getting the picture here now, okay? I'm In a way, I'm kind of just leaking this information out to you because not a lot of people are talking about this stuff, you know? You know, this, this stuff isn't going to be on the mainstream media. They're not talking about Hunter Biden's uh, emails and things like that on Fox News, on One American News. They're not talking about this on CNN, you know? So, in addition to the laptop, the Institute, which is the Government Accountability Institute, they also obtained Hunter Biden's Secret Service travel records and matched them with his emails to validate their authenticity. Schweitzer said that the records matched up absolutely 100%. So, let me ask you a question. If they have Hunter Biden's travel records, do you think that they have Joe Biden's travel records too? Do you think that they have the travel records of of other people that were in government and are currently in government? All right, so let's move on and talk about war in a bunch of other countries and things like that. So, the United States was pulling troops out of Afghanistan, okay? We know Trump was lambasted for it. We know Joe Biden was praised for it. The double standard, we know. So, earlier the Taliban had executed 22 Afghan commandos after they were trying to surrender. Huh. Well, they, it's like, I guess they don't need the United States, right? guess they're handling it, right? So, we're seeing from NDTV.com that Afghanistan says they may seek help from the Indian military uh, if the Taliban talks fail. So, they're going to try to... Uh, talk with the Taliban as the United States plans to wind up a two-decade war in Afghanistan by the end of next month. So about a month and a half from now, they're going to try to wind that down and get all the troops out, right? And so um, I don't think that these Taliban people, I don't think that they want to negotiate. I think they just want to steal, kill, and destroy, just like Hamas, just like Hezbollah, just like all these other terrorist groups. All they want is power and control. They don't want to negotiate. They want to destroy you and take over. And the thing is that from the article, it's telling us that the Taliban in Afghanistan, they've actually been holding talks and the insurgents, meaning the Taliban, are increasing their control over Afghanistan. Unbelievable. You know, the peace talks are supposedly supposedly taking place in Doha, but they've largely fizzled out and the Taliban now appears set on complete military victory. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Now, I'm not a fan of being in foreign wars and things like that, but we already knew what was going to happen as soon as the United States left. It's just like when Barack Obama pulled out of certain areas in the Middle East during the beginning of his presidency. That's what created ISIS. All right, so moving on, we know that the president of Haiti, uh, Jovenel Moise, was assassinated, right? And so... A lady by the name of Catherine Herridge, H-E-R-R-I-D-G-E, that's how you spell her last name, she put this out on Twitter. She tweeted this out. It says, she tweeted a picture of uh, a little paragraph here. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. It says, quote, 
At times, one of the suspects in the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise was a confidential source to the DEA, that is the Drug Enforcement Agency. Following the assassination of the president, the suspect reached out to, reached out to his contacts at the DEA, and a DEA official assigned to Haiti urged the suspect to surrender to local authorities and, along with a United States State Department official, provided information to the Haitian government that assisted in the surrender and arrest of the suspect and one other individual. The DEA is aware of reports that President Moise's assassins yelled DEA at the time of their attack. These individuals were not acting out on behalf of the DEA, unquote. And so that was a DEA spokesperson that Catherine Herridge uh, posted the transcript of. They said that. So that was a DEA spokesperson. Of course, a DEA official spokesperson is not going to sit here. Okay, okay. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. If I am the head of an agency, right, and I send somebody in to assassinate your sister, right, and I'm a spokesperson, I, I'm going to hire a spokesperson. I am not going to hire a spokesperson that said, yeah, we did it. Why would I do that? It's the same thing here. You can't trust the government. You can't trust the government at all. In my opinion, there is nothing good about government. I don't think the government does anything well. The government doesn't do anything right. They don't do anything efficient. They don't help out. The I've never. The government has never helped me in my life. The government has done nothing for me. The government's done nothing for my family or friends. No, the government can go kick rocks. Tell the government to just sit there and shut up, okay? Because the government is actually best when it does very little governing at all serious because there are certain times when you'll just be like you'll hear about a new government agency you've never heard of and you're just you're gonna be like are you serious they have an they have an agency for that as well it's like how many of you have heard of the federal aviation uh, administration okay they're actually the an operating mode of the united states department of transportation so but they're another government branch here government see not branch but government agency okay it's just the executive branch is just astronomically it, it's just enormous, okay? Shows you how big the uh, executive branch is and the government as a whole. All right, so more Twitter. A gentleman by the name of Giancarlo Sopo, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, he tweeted this out. He says, SOS Cuba. The situation in Cuba is dire. The regime has blocked in, uh, excuse me, the regime has blocked internet to limit access to footage of what's happening but those of us with contacts on the island are receiving reports of beatings, kidnappings, and executions of peaceful demonstrators. Now, before I go on, so before I go on with this, I, I need I need to I need to ask you some questions here. So we know that the Cuban people are protesting socialism and their government, right? So and because of this. You know, you have the, the mainstream media and Joe Biden and the government, our government, saying it's for COVID, but we know that's a that's a lie from the pit. Now, if Cuba, if the Cuban regime has blocked the internet and everything that's happening because people in Cuba are finding out the truth, do you think that this could happen in America? Huh. Moving on. Let's go on with the uh, uh, the rest of Giancarlo's tweet. He says, This is hard to confirm because Cuba bans independent media, but to give you a sense of what's happening, the young man in the video featured today by Ben Shapiro on his show is from a town where we know people. 
we are being told that the regime murdered this man. So since I don't have video, this is just a podcast, so I'll explain to you what happened in this video. So I actually watched this video just now. The video was about a minute and 24 seconds long. So um, the tweet from Giancarlo just said that Cuba bans independent media, right? So this gentleman who was uh, who was filming the video, I, I'm assuming he was a journalist, an independent journalist. So he was filming people and things like that. And so a guy comes up to him and he pulls out a gun. And they're speaking in Spanish, so I don't know exactly what they're saying. Um, but the person filming has a, a friend with him that is, like, you know, defending him and things like that. And so the person filming is uh, putting his camera near people and things like that. And they're trying to hit him and things like that. And so the gentleman who pulled out the gun put his gun back in his pocket. And uh, the film, their filmer's friend and that other gentleman who had the gun, they get close to each other, get in each other's face, and the gentleman who has the gun in his pocket hits or slaps uh, the filmer's uh, friend, and then they start fighting and getting into it, and all of a sudden, the person filming the video, I'm guessing he's running away because we can't see anything, it's like blacked out, and I'm assuming it seems like the, the, the guys are attacking him. And so there's an account called Election Wizard on Election Wizard on Twitter. He tweeted out another video. He says, "Watch Cuban state security forces reportedly beat unarmed protesters in Havana, which is the capital of Cuba." And yes, it's a 15 second video where you see uh, security forces. They're just beating uh, protesters out there with sticks and you know batons and things like that. And they're in all black. If you ever look at the video, all the state the security forces they're in all black. And so we're seeing from news, Newsweek.com that Russia, China. And Iran warned the United States must not intervene in Cuba. So Russia, China, and Iran have warned the United States not to intervene in Cuba after the island was rocked by major protests for which President Joe Biden cast his support. As Cuban Foreign Minister Bruno Rodriguez rallied uh, against the, quote, increased aggression of the United States government, unquote, during lengthy remarks delivered to the press Tuesday in the wake of historic anti-government demonstrations alleging shortages in COVID-19 vaccines and basic humanitarian needs. His message was echoed by three powers deeply critical of Washington's foreign policy towards Havana and in many other parts of the world. In Moscow, uh, Deputy excuse me, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryabkov met with Cuban Ambassador Julio Pena for a discussion earlier Tuesday in which the, quote, Russian side expressed solidarity with Cuba's government and people and promised all-around support to the efforts towards the soonest normalization of the situation, unquote, according to the Russian Foreign Ministry. Right, And so, China referenced the United States' measures in its own defense of Cuban's position as Chinese Foreign, Minister, excuse me, Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhao Lijian uh, told a press briefing on Tuesday that, quote, the United States embargo is the root cause of Cuba's shortage of medicines and energy, unquote. So, the decades-long United States restrictions against uh, trade with Cuba were condemned last month for the 29th consecutive time by the United Nations General Assembly in a near-unanimous 184-2 vote. Zhao of China called on Biden to lift the sanctions, which were briefly relaxed under, under former President Barack Obama before being reinstated by his successor, Donald Trump. And Zhao actually also lashed out at any outside attempts to interfere in fellow communist-led Cuba. Okay, so... Taking all that in, so we know that Joe Biden is saying it's about COVID and the shortages of the vaccine and things like that. We know it's all a bunch of mess. We know that ain't the truth, okay? We know the truth is because they don't like communism, right? 
And so Joe Biden pushes the thing that they're they're angry about the shortages and COVID vaccines, right? And so does, so does China. Okay, boom. There you go. Joe Biden's on the same page with China. Now, China said, Zhao, the spokesperson, he said, quote, China firmly opposes foreign interference in Cuba's internal affairs, firmly supports what Cuba has done in fighting COVID-19, improving people's livelihood, livelihood and upholding social stability, and firmly supports Cuba in exploring a development path suited to its national conditions. I'd like to stress that China stands ready to work with Cuba to implement the important consensus of the two heads of state and is firmly committed to deepening friendly relations between the two countries. Okay, unquote. So let's go ahead and take this statement and break it apart, right? So, China opposes the foreign interference into Cuban affairs. Okay, we get that. They, they talked about the United States. They don't want them to intervene, right? So it says, they firmly support what Cuba has done in fighting COVID-19. Okay. Is it might be the same thing. China, you know, Cuba's communist as well. I think China has China's done the same thing in, in quote, quote, fighting COVID-19 by locking people down, right? And so they say that Cuba has been improving people's livelihood and upholding social stability. Unbelievable. Improving people's livelihood, right? By the inflation in their, you know, the food and eggs and milk and they can't buy anything because their dollars are so worthless, right? And they live they live they're the impoverished in Cuba live a lot a lot worse than the impoverished in the United States on average. And it says upholding social stability, yes. Protests uh, violent protests, you know, violent, these protests are definitely social stability, right? And firmly supports Cuba in exploring a development path suited to its national conditions. So, what are the national conditions of Cuba? It is starving people, inflation off the charts, uh, protests, and people being beaten in the streets by these state police officers. Wow. I'd like to stress that he says I like to stress that China stands ready to work with Cuba to implement the important consensus of the two heads of state. So would that mean things like giving Cuba Huawei technology that would allow them to track, hunt, quarantine, and kill dissidents? Huh. I think so. And so before Mike Pump, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo left office, he did designate Cuba as one of the uh, largest state sponsors of terrorism on the planet, uh, just like they designate Iran as that in the Middle East and one of the largest in the world. And so Obama relaxed the sanctions to allow us to trade with Cuba, but Trump um, Trump took that away. Trump put the sanctions back on Cuba. And so we know that China and Joe Biden are on the same page here. Okay, they talk about how it's all the COVID vaccines that they're protesting about. So we're seeing from the article that Biden has emphasized his backing for the demonstrations, right? So, and China is backing the government, right? And so what you have here is a misdirection by China and the Biden administration. They're trying to act as if they are enemies, but because the reason they're trying to do that is because Trump was so hard on China and Trump showed us the truth about China, right? And so Joe Biden has to, uh, make a false attempt to continue in that path and act as if he is is uh, against China. It's a faux pas, okay? That's what they're doing. And so Biden has to act as if, oh, he, he has to say, oh, I'm with the protesters because of, they need the COVID vaccines and things like that. They need the COVID vaccines. And China's saying, no, no, we support the government. And so, but the things that China and China and Joe Biden are on this, are, 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 are together here on this, okay? So don't, don't let them fool you. 
Because trust me, there's no way that after the Trump term, there's no way that Biden can come out and say, yep, uh, I'm China's guy. People would, people would, people would uh, riot. Because you just got to see here, because on the campaign trail, Biden said that the sanctions that Trump put back on Cuba inflicted harm on the Cuban people and have done nothing to advance democracy and human rights. Well, it's advanced democracy and human rights here in the United States by protecting us from those terrorists. So, I mentioned it in the past, like probably a couple months ago in my podcast, weeks and months ago. Talk about my Myanmar, Burma, okay? So, we know that Myanmar had an election, right? And so, what had happened with that, um, that election, the person that was elected was fraudulently elected. So, the military took over Burma, Myanmar, and the, the military told them, all right, we're going to be in control here because you people can't seem to have a free and fair election. So until you can do that, we're going to be in control. And so the people who were brainwashed by the Myanmar government are going to go against the military, all right? right? And so you have Myanmar police defecting to these militias as a civil war is looming here right just like here in the united states right so if this can happen in the united if this can happen in burma because of the election fraud and things like that and the unfair election this can happen in the united states right so think about it there is a large swath of our population who has been brainwashed by the government they look at because they they watch the mainstream media and believe whatever they're told those are the people who would be in support of the government Okay, what's an example of these people that would be in support of the government? Black Lives Matter, Antifa, those terrorists. That's them. Okay, that's them. And so in Myanmar, you're having your a civil war is brewing between people who are pro-government and people who are anti-government. Well, I would say pro-establishment and anti-establishment, just like in the United States here. You had Antifa, BLM, and the liberals who liked Joe Biden. Uh, they were pro-establishment. They like the status quo. They like the uh, government coercion. They like that stuff. Okay, it, that's what it just seems like. They like the government to control their lives. They like the government to tell them what they do, what they can and cannot do. They like the government to tell them what they can't eat, what they can't drive, what they can't do. You know, things like that. Where they can't go. What you have to wear on your face. They like that stuff. They don't fight against it. They go with it. They acquiesce. They love it. They want someone else to make the decisions for them, and they're okay with it, right? And in the United States, you had people who were anti-establishment. They were voting for Donald Trump because they were anti-establishment. And they didn't like the government. They don't trust the government. They think that the government should be a lot, lot smaller. And that's what you have in pretty much every country on the planet. So I'm telling you, when, when Trump is doing this thing, this uh, sting operation and everything, it's not just the United States. It's not just about the election. This is worldwide, okay? This is about getting rid of the central bank system because the central bank controls all of these companies, all these countries by controlling their money, okay? And so this is not just about the United States. This is about a global operation here. This is about everything. This is for all the marbles. And some people are asking me, why is it taking Trump so long to come out with all this stuff? Well, because your enemy, the breadth of your enemy is so far and wide that it takes a long time to take out an enemy like this. If Trump would have just came out with the election fraud right then and there on January 6th, you would have had civil war. Okay? The enemy, the deep state, they would have activated their sleeper cells and who are their sleeper cells their sleeper cells are blm antifa those people like that and some of your some of your progressive friends they're the sleeper cells that's who they are they're the pawns that need that need to be woken up 
when it's time for them to be used for a war. Okay? And you make them, how do you get their pawns? You make them afraid, just like the Nazis told us. The Nazis told us in order to coerce people, you have to make them seem as if they're afraid and as if they're under attack. That's why they always say Trump, things like Trump is attacking democracy. Trump is a, 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 you should be afraid of Trump because he's a dictator. He's Hitler. Oh my gosh. That's, that's their thing. That's what they had to do. And so now coming back on topic, uh, Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tweeted this out on the 13th. He said, I hope the Biden administration will, and the world, excuse me, I hope the Biden administration and the world will unite in support of the Cuban people. If we do, the Cuban people will have a better day, the world will be safer, and there will be another communist regime on the ash heap of history. Rudy Giuliani tweeted this out. He said, there, the, the really serious national security question is why the Biden administration wants to protect communism from blame for the Cuban uprising. They attribute it, meaning they, the Biden administration, attribute it to vaccines. Even if the big guy, meaning Joe Biden, can't comprehend it, Hunter could draw a picture for him. And so we, the media, put this out on Telegram. They said, I, uh, a gentleman by the, they quoted uh, Omar Navarro, who tweeted out this on Twitter. He said, I have family in Cuba and it's not about COVID-19 supplies. It's over communism. F off, fake news, pass it on. And so you know we couldn't leave out big tech in all this because no, we know big tech is their online platform used to censor people online. If the media tells you what to think on the TV and the government, well, the government will establish the rules and the government is um, conducting all of this. So the mainstream media that you watch on TV will be their, their news propaganda outlet to tell you what to think and the social media companies will only allow that type of thought on their platforms right and so that's how it works it's a three-pronged attack it's a triangle of evil the government big tech and the mainstream media right and so we're seeing from J. Michael Walker on Twitter that he says Twitter bans the president of the United States, meaning Trump, but gives the communist leader of Cuba full access and a blue check mark. The communist leader of Cuba is uh, Miguel Diaz Bermudez, and he does, in fact, have a blue check by his name. Now, that's somebody who incites violence and insurrection, if you're uh, going to ask me about it. So... Um, South Africa also has a lot of stuff going on as well. So they say protests erupted last week as former South African President Jacob Zuma, who was 79 years old, turned himself into authorities to serve a 15-month jail term for a contempt of court. He refused to appear at an anti-corruption commission to face several allegations, including, including bribery and fraud, which he has repeatedly denied. Among those killed in the virus were 10. Violence were ten who died in a stampede, uh, stamp, stampede, excuse me, out in the township of Soweto. Police Ministry spokesman Lerandu Themba told CNN. More, more than 1,200 others have been arrested in the provinces of KwaZulu Natal, where Zuma is from, from and Gauteng. So Al Jazeera says the former president who has meaning the president of South Africa, who has denied wrongdoing, was jailed for contempt after he defied in order to attend an inquiry into high-level graft. The violence has worsened Monday, excuse me, after the violence has worsened as Zuma challenged the 15-month term in the county's top court on Monday. So how about that? So they went after, so certain, I don't know who, but certain people went after the president of South Africa, and when he was jailed, People and he apparently he was done wrong. Apparently, according to these people, he was had been done wrong, and they they rioted, okay, because they felt as if 
they had been suppressed by the former leader of South Africa. Huh. Kind of sounds similar to the United States, you know, between Barack Obama being the former leader and Donald Trump coming into the fray. Hmm. Kind of sounds, I can kind of draw some similarities there. But all right, yes, okay, so election wizard puts this out. He says, uh, Cuba is in revolt, South Africa is on fire, the Haitian president has been assassinated, the Middle East is reeling from conflict, China is on the march, Russia is firing warning shots, meanwhile, the leader of the free world is scarfing down double-dip ice cream cones. Now, let's talk about China. Now, before I get into this, I want to apologize in advance because I'm going to be here longer uh, than 45 minutes. I might be here an hour and 15 minutes, okay? Because I need to get this information in you. I need to get it in you. I'm sorry. I need to get it in you, right? So, so when we're looking at China. Now, Japan is actually vowing to defend t Taiwan. Now, if China conquered Taiwan, then China would actually have access to something called the first island chain now this is important because china had if china had access to the island chain then it would be able to dominate international trade and military activity in the pacific now the deputy prime minister of japan whose name is taro aso he said this he said quote if a major problem took place in taiwan it would not it excuse me it would not be too much to say that it could be it, it it could relate to a survival threatening situation for japan unquote now why is that quote important? Okay, it's important because after World War II, Japan, the Empire of Japan, was actually banned from having a military. But Japan is allowed to have a self-defense force. Now, the Japanese Constitution says that Japan can use its defense force in the event of a survival-threatening situation, right? And so, basically, it means Japan is willing to go to war with China to defend Taiwan. Now, China goes on. Uh, now, China actually later went on to denigrate the United States for having slavery in a, in in its past, as China persecutes the political dissidents called the Uyghurs uh, in Xinjiang currently, and China also makes fun of the United States for having gun violence, right? And so, my thing is here. So, China makes fun of the United States for having gun violence, right? So, how about we uh, ban guns to be more like China? You know, China, a country where in some parts of the country. Uh, you actually need a, a permit to buy kitchen knives because so many people die in mass stabbings every year. Huh. Wow. Thanks, China. Now, who in their right mind would believe China? Okay, who in their right mind would just believe the mess that they put out? Well, none other than MSNBC host Chris Hayes. Okay, he actually retweeted the tweet of these memes. Uh, so, the United, so China made memes about gun violence and uh, slavery against the United States. And so MSNBC host Chris Hayes, he retweeted the tweets, okay? And the account that tweeted, the, the Chinese account that tweeted these tweets out was called China Xinhua News. Now, Xinhua News isn't just a regular subsidiary of the CCP. Now, Xinhua News is the official press agency of the CCP. They're not just a regular Chinese state-run media, okay? They're the official press agency of the CCP. And MSNBC hosts are retweeting this stuff and agreeing with it. Some people say retweets are not endorsements. I beg to differ. On the contrary, I think they are. Now, check this out. A man by the name of Ian Lipkin is an expert on viruses, and he's actually worked with the Chinese scientists since the SARS outbreak in 2003. He's also a professor at Columbia University, right? 
So last May in 2020, Lipkin actually forwarded an email to Dr. Anthony Fauci that he received from Chin Zhu. Now, Chin Zhu is actually the vice chairman for the standing committee of the National People's Congress in China. Now, the National People's Congress in China, that's their legislature. That's Congress, pretty much Congress, right? And so the email that he sent, that he for that 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 Lipkin forwarded to Fauci from from Zen, excuse me, from Chin is totally redacted. Now, Lipkin also sent another email in which he was asking Chin Zhu how the COVID virus got from how it got transferred from bats to human. Excuse me, bats to humans. Now, the email is actually also totally redacted, right? So, got a nose here. Lipkin and Chin actually had worked together since 2003. When Lipkin forwarded Chin's email to Anthony Fauci, Lipkin also included this on the email to Fauci. He said, "Quote we appreciate your efforts in steering and messaging, unquote. Now, we don't know what messaging he was talking about because that part in the email was redacted, but I'm sure that you can uh, imply the implications of what it means are clear to you, right? But the thing I want you to notice here, a day before this email was forwarded to Fauci, Fauci did an interview at uh, National Geographic that said that there was no evidence that the virus came from a Chinese lab, right? So Lipkin could have been thanking Anthony Fauci for saying that COVID was a natural occurrence rather than coming from a lab, right? So Lipkin actually went to China at the start of the COVID debacle. And when he came back, he issued many vehement rebukes of the lab leak theory. He said this, he said, all the evidence that we've seen thus far indicates that the virus came from wildlife and there is no evidence that there was any conspiracy or sloppiness or anything that led to anything coming out of the Institute of Virology in Wuhan. All right, so what you got to know say with that quote, he pretty much admitted it. What you got to know about the enemy, the enemy will pretty much admit it. They'll say things like, uh, just like when Trump was asked in that interview about uh, QAnon, the interview asked Trump, uh, QAnon thinks that the Democrat Party is a bunch of Satan-worshipping, sex-trafficking pedophiles who have black rituals and do human sacrifices and all that stuff. And then, so when they, they go out and name all these different things verbatim, and it shows me, what it shows me is that it's the truth. Because whatever the mainstream media says is the truth, it's usually the opposite. Now, Lipkin and others po published an article in... Uh, in Nature Medicine called The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, and they published this in 2020. Now, the article said that COVID definitely came from nature, and it definitely didn't come from a lab. The mainstream media also used this article to promote their COVID narrative falsehoods. Now, guess where Nature Medicine's parent company gets their funding? The CCP, right? And several Chinese biomedicine institutions were established with contributions from Jan Lipkin. Now, Lipkin is also the director of uh, Columbia University's Center for Infection and Immunity, which teamed up with the CC with excuse me, with, they teamed up with the Chinese CDC to create a joint pathogen research facility in China. In 2015, Lipkin lectured at an event at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where he was given an award by Dr. Shur Zhengli, who was the same scientist who was conducting bat coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Right. So in 2016, he gave. Uh, excuse me. 
Lipkin was given China's highest award for foreign scientists. Now, Xi Jinping actually oversaw the ceremony himself. He was there personally, right? And so, moving on from that, I want you to notice something else that China has, right? So, from Reuters, they're telling us that a Chinese gene company selling prenatal tests around the world developed developed them in collaboration with the country's military and is using them to collect genetic data from millions of women for sweeping research on the traits of populations. Now, Reuters is saying that the technology could propel could propel China to dominate global pharmaceuticals and also potentially lead to genetically enhanced soldiers or engineered pathogens to target the United States population or food supply. Now, that stuff with the genetic soldiers and things like that, I talked about that on when AI first met you. The stuff they can do with the AI and things like that. I and hooking up machines to people. I told you all about that. All right, again, I'm sorry. I'm keep. I'm gonna keep on going on. I'm here longer than I should be, but here. Okay, so now let's move on to California, all the way in the West Coast. So we're seeing here from Breitbart.com, uh, a judge says this. Okay, so Gavin Newsom actually cannot list himself as Democrat on the recall ballot. So you may be asking, this sounds weird. What's going on here? So a California judge has rejected incumbent incumbent Governor Gavin Newsom's effort to correct an oversight in his filing papers and list himself as Democrat in the September 14th recall election, meaning that he will face the voters without a party label. Now, folks, why is this important? This is important because I've heard Nancy Pelosi say on video, she said, you could put a, a, a glass of water in an election in California and put a D on the glass of water and it would win. That is the truth. Because why? Because the Democrat Party is the party of, they're the secular mainstream party. Now, don't get me wrong, the Republican Party ain't the party of God neither. Ain't no, 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 no. That ain't the case, right? But when you look at the Democrat Party, look, everything that they promote is the secular. They tell them, okay, Satanism, a lot of Satanists, I'm not saying that Democrats are Satanists, but I'm saying in Satanism and Luciferianism, you are told that the most important thing is individuality to do what feels right, to do what you want to do. Right. And embracing human nature. Right. And then so God in the Bible, God tells us to reject our human nature, to go against it and go to a higher calling, a higher purpose. Right. And so the Democrat Party, they will tell you to go along with your urges, go along with your impulses, my body, abortion, things like that, gay marriage, homosexuality, all things that the Bible speaks against. Is this making sense? I think this is making sense to you all, right? So Gavin Newsom acts, uh, actually, before I get to that, so yeah, these people, so a lot of people... In our country, especially in California, they go into, when it comes to voting, they just want to find the Democrats. Oh, who's the Democrat? Uh, oh, uh, who's the, let me just close my eyes and eat some chicken and find the Democrat. Wherever the Democrat, let me close my eyes and uh, walk in like a zombie. You know, I just need to find the Democrat. Who's the Democrat? They also, who, what party are they? I don't care what they say. Oh, they're going to take my, they're going to, they're going to tax me uh, at, at 80% and uh, teach my children about transgenders and trannies and things like that well where's the democrat it doesn't matter as long as it's not a republican where's the democrat that's how these people are okay so newsom actually asked secretary of state shirley weber 
to grant him liens after lawyers for the governor failed to list his party preference in responding to the recall as required by California law. But Weber refused to. And I'm, I'm actually surprised about that. I thought she would go ahead and do it because these people are, are uh, terrible. So Newsom was required to go to court in an effort to be listed as a Democrat. Superior Court of Sacramento County, Judge James P. Argules refused to allow Newsom to correct this error, noting that Weber did not have legal discretion to allow it. See, isn't it amazing how God works? This stuff is all coming together. I, in my personal opinion, I think he's going to be gone. He's not going to be listed as a Democrat. He's going to be partyless. So when people go up in there and just looking for the Democrat, closing their eyes like a zombie, where's the Democrat? Where's the Democrat? Tax me at 80%. Teach my children about trannies. They, it ain't going to be there. Okay? It ain't going to be there. It's a beautiful thing. See how God works? All right, and so um, we're seeing that the in the United States, the MP, excuse me, the United Kingdom, the MPs have uh, just voted 319 to 246 in favor of mandatory vaccines for all care home workers. This is a slippery slope, folks. This is a slippery slope. See how they're hitting us back? And here's more. So in France, almost this comes from the Business Insider. So it says almost one million people booked a COVID-19 vaccine on the day France announced a health passport for non-essential places like restaurants. So you need a passport, a COVID-19 health passport in order to go into some of these places. Do you see how they're hitting us back now? We're protesting against them getting rid of their critical race theory and all that mess. They're pushing out that BLM foaming out the mouth. Everything is racist. But now they're pushing back on us as well. Okay, this is their pushback. They're not going to sit here and just take this from us. And we can't sit here and take it from them either. They're pushing back with their system, their financials as well, trying to keep us from using Bitcoin because they cannot control it. They want total and utter dominance over your over your lives. That's where they're hacking the meat plants. They're hacking the oil so that you have to drive an electric car so that they can hit you with the VMT, the vehicle miles tax, and so that they can keep the meat from you and make you eat bugs. This is what they want to do this. And look at the housing, right? Their houses are being bought for like 30 to 50% more than they're worth. They're being bought up by these rich elites so that they can rent it to people forever. You'll always be renting something. My, like my generation will be like Russian serfs. They won't own anything. That's what they said about the Great Reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. That's what they're doing. So in France, even though we've seen that there's a, on the scamdemic, there's, there's been the homeless haven't even been dropping dead from this. People haven't been dropping dead. Hospitals been empty. But all of a sudden, you need a vaccine passport or a vaccine, a health passport in order to go into places like restaurants, even though this is a scam. You do you see what's going on? They're hitting back. They're hitting back. How do you think that people are going to feel when they see that people have not been getting vaccines and nobody has been dying? How do you think people are going to feel? Then when people see that, they're going to hit back as well. Take a look at Turkmenistan. It says on EmergingEurope.com that there are officially, officially at least no cases of COVID-19 in Turkmenistan, but the country last week became the first in the world to make vaccination against the virus obligatory for all adults. You see how they're hitting back. Medical tyranny. 
All right, so now, moving on. A gentleman by the name of Robbie Starbuck on Twitter tweeted this out. He says, Joe Biden's groups want to force SMS carriers to give access to your text so that they can fact check anything that they deem as misinformation. This is a gross invasion of privacy and we must never allow it to happen. They want to control you, including everything that you think. Because we're seeing here from he because he, he actually quoted this he tweeted because there's a, something he quoted he quoted a picture of some of a te of text that says this. it says biden ally groups including the dnc are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with sms carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages the goal is to ensure that people who may have difficulty getting a vaccine because of of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely you know so sms is text messages you know like your google and apple phones and things like that and your androids and iphones so just your regular text messages to your uh your friends and family now uh he gives an example of what it can look like uh so there's a text message here between a grandson and his grandmother so we're looking at the text messages from the perspective of the grandmother her, her grandson texted her saying love you too i'll call you next week grandma and then she replied saying hi i'm having a heart problems right now because of this COVID 19 shot should i call 911 and then the message underneath it has a little um thing that edited the message saying not delivered see the facts about COVID 19 and the gentleman robbie starbuck is saying that this is what our future could look like if biden gets the control that he wants so in South Carolina, the College of, of Charleston actually abandoned their punitive COVID-19 testing regimen for unvaccinated students after receiving a warning from Secretary of State, excuse me, Attorney, South Carolina Attorney General Wilson. Good job, Alan Wilson. Bravo to you, sir. Now, we know that, uh, moving on, we know that uh, there was a plot to kidnap, an alleged plot to kidnap uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. You know, the, Gretchen Whitmer, the same lady who was finding people and closing their businesses because of COVID protocols. And then she was going out to eat with her friends and allowing only the restaurants that she liked to be open, right? So there's an investigation into her uh, and things like that. And so it was, uh, they're saying from the Gateway Pundit that it was a setup. The FBI used at least 12 informants in Whitmer kidnapping case with only six defendants. So saying that the FBI used 12 informants. In the case, and there are six defendants and 12 FBI informants. Nothing to see here. Move along. Right? So it was previously reported previously reported that the ringleader in the plot to kidnap Whitmer was an FBI informant. He was planted into the group and was the one who pushed the entire plan. Now it turns out that the FBI used at least 12 informants in this kidnapping case. So basically, the entire plot was cooked up and ex executed by FBI informants and a few unsuspecting patsies that were dragged into the scheme here so it's a false flag the fbi setting people up the fbi uh that's what the government's going to do the government's going to try to set people up and say oh look these people are bad look what they're doing look, look what they've done these people are bad we got to arrest them now same thing happened with the january 6th uh capital debacle you had antifa members who dressed up broke into windows and things like that and ran in and uh they were saying it's an insurrection these people are terrorists and we got to place them on no fly zone no fly uh no fly list and things like that that's why they pushed the january 6th situation so hard and call it an insurrection an insurrection and another thing it's really funny that whenever the left gets it's 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 crazy how you know your left-wing friends and your progressive friends whenever the mainstream media will say something 
it's like they learn a new word like the word insurrection they they learn that word it's a new word they learn insurrection remember impeachment they learned the word impeachment for the first time because the media told them uh about a new word for them all right so we talked about how the capitol police are uh, having they're gonna start having branches in california and florida so the capitol police are opening field offices in california florida and other states the Capitol Police have increased their intelligence sharing and their partnership within the intelligence community. The Pentagon has provided the Capitol Police with military-grade high-def surveillance systems used in wartime applications to, to develop what they call pattern of life analyses on suspected enemy combatants or intelligence targets in war zones. So you folks seeing here, they're setting themselves up to get ready to fight us, okay? They're going to try to take the guns, and then this is what they, this is what they're going to, this is the path they're going to take. So if they take the guns, they can see who was talking about it and things like that and get into your text messages and see who's thinking what and be able to identify you and flag you and so that the Capitol Police will come and take your weapons and arrest you. Do you see how this is happening? This is Stalin and the USSR all over again. So, okay, so there's no oversight of the Capitol Police surveillance, okay? As an agency of the legislative branch, the Capitol Police are exempt from any Freedom of Information Act request. And what is the FOIA? Well, that's the Freedom of Information are the things that allowed us to get things like the Anthony Fauci emails that showed us what they did in that situation, right? There's only one explanation for this expansion of Capitol Police. Our government is at war with the people. Right. So the Capitol Police are going to use army surveillance systems on Americans to identify emerging threats. They have to identify you as an enemy, as a threat. Right. So the United States Capitol Police will begin fielding military surveillance equipment as part of sweeping security upgrades as the force starts becoming an intelligence based agency. I think that Trump knew this was going to happen. And why do I say that? I say that because you had places like Texas and Florida and other states like that making open carry laws huh so you'll be able to fight for your life that's what i think was actually going on there i could be wrong i've been wrong before but that's just my personal opinion all right so more surveillance so we're seeing that the biden regime is going to release a list of conservative social media influencers followed by january 6 defendants so Matt, uh, well, sorry about that. That's the next thing. So the Biden's pretty much uh, planning on expanding their investigations to include conservative social media influencers who may have contributed to the what they call radicalization of January 6th protesters. And so now we're seeing that uh, a bunch of maskless Democrats are they're they're coming to they're going to Texas to protest election integrity laws. And so in this picture here. Uh, there's a bunch of people, a bunch of women on the plane. They're all Democrats and they don't have masks on uh, and things like that. So they're all like throwing up the peace sign and things like that. One thing you notice is that most Democrats, usually the, the women are more likely to be Democrats than men. Because like I told you before, the Democrats go upon your emotion and things like that. Like they say, separating children from their family. That's what they do. And women are emotional. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. I actually have an entire uh, little speech written on that type of stuff too. So uh, that'll be fun whenever I get to that. But thank you so much for listening to me. Once again, I went on about 17 minutes longer than I was supposed to. I still had more content, but I don't want to sit here. You know, it's about 1.45 in the morning. I've been sitting here since uh, midnight. So uh, I don't want to be here. For, I don't want to be sitting at this 
desk for about two hours now and i'm actually gonna give you the rest of the stuff i had in tomorrow's podcast episode so thank you again so much i'm thankful for you i'm thankful to be alive i'm thankful that god sent his wonderful son thank you so much have a great day and i will see you tomorrow on thursday